Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast, creating pathways, connecting people to Christ, to others, to purpose. Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast. This is the place we love to say Jesus is the way and everything else is a conversation. Special conversation today, because in-house, all the guys... Hey, Jeremy, Andy, and Tina. Hello, hello. Yeah, so fun to have you with us. Awesome. So Tina Simon's joining us today, and Tina and I had a conversation a few days ago, and the several parts I recall, but one part in particular was, so what's the story with this Saul guy, (laughs) right? So Saul guy. So uh, what about Saul? Is that a show? What about Saul? It is. Is that a show? I don't right. think they're better really related. Better Call Saul. Yeah. Oh, Better Call. Thank you so much. I guess okay. I'm a frequenter of that show. Okay. Okay. Good. So, you, you, Deli knows. I've got nothing, guys. Once again, like an old hymn, Deli knows nothing about. <laughs> bless his heart. Okay. Bless his heart. <laughs> yeah. You know what that means, too. Bless his heart. Okay. So, uh, so welcome. So, today what we're doing is we're looking at Acts 9. And so... Uh, this morning I thought about that and I thought, man, it'd be fun to have Tina come in because Tina is able to offer fresh eyes that, frankly, the four of us don't have, right? So I couldn't tell you the number of times that not only have I read chapter nine, but I've preached out of chapter nine, right? Yeah. So uh, super exciting. And I hope uh, it's, I'm trusting certain it's going to be meaningful for our uh, listeners as well. So as you were working through Acts chapter nine, we can start anywhere you want. Yep. What was going on for you? Um, well, first, I can tell you how many times I've read Acts <laughs> chapter 9, which is one. Okay. <laughs> so awesome. truly, fresh eyes. Yeah, perfect. Um, I have clearly little experience with the Bible, which means that I'm getting to have a completely, I mean, truly, I don't even want to call it a new experience. It's an initial experience, and it is quite the experience. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm very grateful that our congregation is moving through the New Testament um, the way that we are because it has been really an invitation to, um, I guess, kind of push my comfort zone. Even when we went through, um, when I went through Freedom Group, this curriculum that we, um, this congregation does, I remember the chapter that talked about, you know, where do you, like using the word of God. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm good with worship music. I'm good there. <laughs> Truly. That was Just only what, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> really. I mean, Melinda, I, I, Melinda reads my face like, <laughs> I'm, I don't know. So she, I could tell that she was kind of like, it's okay. You don't have to read the Bible yet. But almost as if she knew it was coming, right. that this would be, um, a really powerful vehicle for for my transformation. Yeah. So that's what's happening for me, yeah, first time through, mm-hmm. and um, I'm I am having an experience. Well, and I would say for folks maybe new to what we're doing here, uh, we're reading five chapters a week through the New mm-hmm. Testament, fifty-two weeks times five, two hundred and sixty, exactly the number of chapters in the New Testament. So each week on Sunday, Arnick did a great job on Sunday preaching from this section right mm-hmm. chapter 7 through knockout 11. job mm-hmm. yeah man the uh i thought the applause uh in the middle. applause in the middle man don't make me turn red <laughs> it's not gonna look it's right not gonna look right here. Yeah. okay so uh the thing you did with <clears throat> steven in seven and then the setup for eight ethiopian nine saw ten cornelius Great. right those the outliers that came in that was beautiful man so what we're doing is uh, moving through these, and then on Wednesday we just hit whatever chapter. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, uh, not again, not new for 
me or the guys here. So I'll read it out of a different version. Sometimes uh, I've I've taken a completely like the contemporary English version or something that mm-hmm. I never had. I found it's like a paperback, you know, and I'll read mm-hmm. through that. Or um, so there are options to be able to do that and kind of heighten our awareness, rekindle our sensitivities. So when you gave us a first read, uh, I see some marks on the page. What kind of stuff? Yep. What kind of stuff's going on there? Um. Well, I guess my my very first question. And that's what and I'm doing, right? And they could be comments. They can be comments okay. or questions or observations, stuff okay. you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think just for the, for the context, um, part of what has struck me about acts is um, the humanness of it. Yeah. Really imagining what these folks were feeling like and what what was what must have been crossing their mind when all this stuff was yeah, just the the waiting and the patience and the expectance and so I have. Uh, I have three versions sitting in front of me because sometimes the way that this is written um, causes me to pause and search for almost like an intellectual understanding. So my first question, my first jump out of this dude, Saul, that's what I've been calling him, this dude, um, is first of all the power of um, his story, where he comes from, what his history is, and that um, this theme of Jesus still calling him by name, that I, I love that part. Yeah, yeah. calls him right by name. Right by name. Yeah. He calls every, all of the people in this chapter are called by name. Yeah. Specifically by Jesus and by Peter um, and Ananias. So it, the, um, the, the sense of being known at our core despite how we're showing up in the world. That has jumped out at me yeah. pretty significantly. Where's the Where's the piece? Uh, I think you referenced it on Sunday in your message. Uh, Saul, a Pharisee of the Pharisee, sat at the right. feet of Gamaliel. Hebrew, Cor- the, I think that's 2 Corinthians. Yeah. Well, if you find, like, are you familiar with that? Nope. There's this whole listing. 2 Corinthians 11, I think. Where He's just given a description of Saul himself. just says, this, yeah. is who I, this is who I am. Yeah, not one of the original apostles. He said, I wasn't one of the originals. But he lists all these things that he is. And it's mm. basically resume, curriculum vitae, right? The His pedigree on who he was. Yep. So he was both a Jew. He's actually an ex, yeah. He's a Jew and he's a Roman citizen, which is a big deal. Right? Well, I was thinking of his pedigree yeah. of... Yeah. If you think you've suffered, here's my list. Oh, that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. That's uh, 2 Corinthians yeah. 11. It's Acts, it goes 22, yeah. Acts 22. Acts uh, yeah, 22. Verse 3. There's his educational pedigree. You got it, Daily. Read it for us yeah. if you got it. Uh, yeah. So I got it right here. It says that um, I am a Jew born of, of Tarsus of uh, Cilicia, uh, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law and our ancestors, and I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women, throwing them into prison, as the high priests and all the council can, uh, can themselves testify. I even obtained letters uh, from uh, them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem and to be punished. And then he continues on with, with that uh, elaborating on 
on a oh, it tells nine. that story. It tells yeah, the story of nine. And yeah. actually yes. tells more of the story, really. Right. Um, you know, he even adds in more questions that he that he asks. Yeah. Um, so when it came to being a Pharisee, which is not a cuss word in my world, <clears throat> that's just how they believe they'd bring the kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. Paul was uh, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I mean, that and his tribe and the whole. I mean, he had a pedigree. And basically did the Harvard thing. We'd call him professor, yeah. We'd call him doctor, oh, yeah. professor. And said concerning and, and, the law, and, he was blameless. And concerning the law, blameless, which meant he kept it all. Yeah, you'd call him sir, is what you do. Like, yeah. he was the, he was the <laughs> deal. Yeah. So that's this guy. And then prior to this, right, which is in what was seven, yeah. uh, he's the one condoning the stoning of Stephen. Almost like mafioso type stuff where he's standing right. there. They throw their coats at his feet. Yes. Yeah, that's very Godfather like. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, it's that kind of thing. And he doesn't pick up a stone, but he's consenting that's right. to what happens. And in his ideology, he's bringing the kingdom. Yeah. So it's not that he's not a believer in Jehovah, he's not a believer in Jesus. Right. Right. And yet. And yet Jesus calls him by Jesus name. Shows and then up. his response is. Who are you, Lord, Lord. Master? So he's it's so the the nuance. That's the, because of the power of the moment, right? right? He still doesn't know who it is, right? Well, he's having his conversion. That's what happens. That so that's part of where I what I wrestle with because I am I am such an intellect and a student, and I will, I love that about myself. But also sometimes I feel like it almost pulls me out of my heart space. Mm-hmm. And so that I'm like I must understand this logically <laughs> in order to have a spiritual experience, and that. Is not how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's um, not, that's even funny. And you caught yourself the other day. You were saying, "I feel like I need to understand this so I can have a spiritual experience." And you know the words that were coming out of my mouth. <laughs> You're like, "Okay, I know that's not how that works, right?" Yeah, you don't figure out a spiritual experience. Yeah, but but I'm uh, um, also because I have no context for this. There mm-hmm. is an element of almost like a. A hunger to understand yeah. the the context. Mm, yeah. That's what yeah. it is. But yeah. that's that in all actuality is, is similar to what Paul is going through, and not a there's not a lot of information. There is one scripture in uh, chapter nine, verse five, and it I I used to wonder about the scripture because we read over it as kids a lot, and we didn't know what it meant. Where, he, where the Lord says to him, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. I'm like, what is that all about? What does that even mean? And it kind of goes along with what you're saying about being in a place of conversion. Kicking against the pricks is a term to describe a yoke of oxen. And when they're trying to be led a certain way within their yoke, that's attached to them, mm-hmm. there's a prick that keeps them going the right direction. Mm. And I look at that, and Saul is around all of these messages. He's mm-hmm. One of the best messages in the New Testament is preached by Stephen in chapter 7. God is leading him around these people, and he's killing them. Right. So it's amazing in your vision of that and how you're seeing that, that Paul doesn't know that he's having a conversion. Uh-uh. But after God says that to him, after he hear, hears Jesus speak to him and say, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks, Paul does understand that. Mm-hmm. And immediately the next thing he says, the Bible says he's trembling. Mm-hmm. Lord, what would you have me to do? <laughs> so it's obvious that there's, there's a such thing as being sincere 
and being sincerely wrong. Yeah. He had sincerity and he was being led to convert, but he needed a voice to wake him up to, to understand. Yep. You're kicking against the direction I'm taking you in. Yep. I think that's probably everybody that has had a conversion. Yep. Even us that were in it our whole lives and yeah, didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, we had conversions we, too. We had conversions too. Yeah. So when he says, how does that hit you when, he, when you hear him say, I'm Jesus? I mean, to be totally honest, I'm like, of course it is. I feel like that's the kind of stuff that's been happening to me my whole life. I just, I just didn't hear his name, but he knew mine always. Yep. And so the, the revelation of I've always been called by name, that this feels different because now I'm calling his. Yep. That's the only difference. Mm, so okay. he hasn't changed. He's not suddenly showing up. I am. I'm in yep. a different space. Yep. And in the very and also the the thing about Saul is he truly I mean the to see it's he wasn't even in a space where he was like having a surrender moment. He was He was heading to Damascus yes, to murder yeah. him. to do yeah. what he believed yeah. and knew yeah. to and be was the close. right thing. I love it. He was near Damascus it says. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um and it's then. So Melinda and I were blessed to have this experience with you three or four days before you got baptized. Oh, yes. Right? And we were at Federal Coffee. Yeah. And you're like, I get the whole God thing, but I cannot land the plane on Jesus. Yep. And and I just I just want to do the right thing. Yep. And I just well, and at that point in time, I had so been different from attending church. COVID hit shortly after. I had started Freedom Group, but we stopped. So it was like I had these tastes, and um, we were back in church, and I had this... You, I've, I always have adopted the language that you've given me, Andy, which is I've had, I had this tug. I had this knowing that I'm supposed to do this. And I felt um, I wasn't afraid to be baptized. I was afraid that I would be disrespectful in being baptized because I felt like, like for example, my stepmom. Many people know my stepmom, and she likes to share things on social media. <laughs> and the idea of her sharing on social media was like... <laughs> It felt it was a reaction. And I'm like, that's not what it's supposed to be like. <laughs> Baptism's supposed to be this public uh, acknowledgement of, the, of my yes and my commitment and all the things. And I don't want anybody to take a picture. Like, something's off here. <laughs> and at the end of the day, what you asked was, what does your, are you, do you feel tugged? And it was like, without a doubt. Okay, yeah. we're doing it. Yeah, this. I just said, follow the tug, right? Yep. That's what you trusted the whole time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I think in this conversion space, the, the, the crucible for me is what happens in chapter 10 as well for Peter is this yeah. thing where I've got these doctrines and then, and then God seems to be leading off the reservation. And what are they, what missionaries will talk, talk about on the mission field, an experience outweighs an argument every time. Yeah. And so Paul would have been one of those guys who had a well-positioned argument, been trained to make an argument about how religion was supposed to look, yep. and it was supposed to make sense. And so he has, he has an experience, and it, Peter the same, same way. He was raised, this is how it's supposed to look. He meets Jesus. All of a sudden his arguments don't fit the experiences that he's having. Right. And so that's 
that is that space that's like exciting and scary as you're as you're trying to mash those two things together. I've had this experience and I've got all these arguments. Do I have to let one go to have the other? And I I think I've had to let loose of them, not let them go, but let loose of them. And scripture talks about binding things on earth, binding them in heaven. And we bind up stuff. We bind up our, our, our preconceived ideas, maybe that have real valid foundations. And we hold on to those. And then there's no room for an experience Mm -hmm. that says no margin, you know? So, so when, when we, when we start to let go of our our sacred cows. Sacred cows. <laughs> God can God can say, okay, now here's an experience, right. and it will give if you let it, it will give such richness right. to the the reasoning, and so, and that's I think that's why Paul jumps in and he's like, oh my word, and he's it's not long, and he's preaching in ways that everybody is so uncomfortable yeah, with, and because because he had a good foundation for what he mm-hmm. believed and why he believed it but it took that yep. that yeah. extra extra mm-hmm. flavor to help him yep. go well, online and as somebody who's seeking the mystery of it all that's why I'm like what is this dude's deal mm-hmm. cuz th- th- that to me is um, you know every person has their background and their story and their the ways that they've that the world has bound them or that they've bound themselves whatever um, and he still calls us all by name. Mm-hmm. And so if this guy can have this kind of conversion, yeah. I would like to understand mm-hmm. who he is and mm-hmm. how he's experienced this so that um, I can be more open to mm-hmm. whatever is happening in me mm-hmm. because I feel it. Mm-hmm. I value that so much with you saying that. And the reason why, and I think Andy can relate to this, I value the newness that you're feeling because in reality, if you don't feel that now in this initial space, then you're going to struggle with it. And there are people that are probably listening right now to us talk that have been around church and around Jesus for what, 20 years? And they're still struggling with that space of conversion because in their thinking, there's still these things that they hold on to. So I think that we're all making those transitions. I know for me, been around the church my whole life, you know, up on the pulpit at six. And I I still to this day am having a different perspective and a different mm-hmm. conversation with Saul in chapter nine. Mm-hmm. I mean just this week to preach, I had to preach to myself first. And I'm riding in my car and I'm like, really? Is that it? Because we're all struggling in that place. I'm that oxen that loves to kick the prick. I, I, I don't like the feeling of being led places where I haven't been. And so I think that where you're at, it would seem like it's this thing that people that are fresh only experience. But I would rather experience it the way that you have and be coming into that place, that testimony, that quick into my walk with Christ because then it opens up all these things that frankly I didn't even have throughout my life mm-hmm. knowing Christ. Yep. And so to be in that space of freedom initially 
what I wouldn't give to be able to start it yeah. all over again. Well, yeah. like him, I have paid a price yeah. of waiting, of being here now. Um, yeah. But as you were saying that, what came up for me, the, the question I asked Andy was, what's up with this dude's baptism? It says that um, he, that Ananias came, Brother Saul, I've been told to come lay my hands on you. Right. And it's in all the different versions, it says something like, quote, direct quote, something like scales fell from his eyes, he could see, and then he was baptized. So right. Andy brought up the story of my physical baptism. Water. Water. What I'm looking for is a baptism of spirit, which is what we've been reading about through this whole process. And I was like, wait a minute. In another chapter, it told me that there was actually an order to this. And he, I don't, what kind of baptism did he just experience? Because right. it doesn't seem like there was any, nobody mentions water being nearby, but I thought that was supposed yeah. to happen first before the spirit comes. And yeah. maybe yeah. there's not yeah. quite the order. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we have to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, literally tomorrow in Acts chapter 10. Peter goes to the Gentiles, yep. Cornelius. He's in their house. That's the amazing story of the sheet that falls with the unclean animals and all that. <clears throat> God tells him to go. He goes. Preaches, I don't know, 45 seconds. And he takes some other church folk with him. Well, he takes some Jews with him, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, this is that's the beautiful part. Takes these other uh, believers of the circumcision, which would be Jews. Yep. <clears throat> so they're there with him. He's preaching. And while he's preaching, the Holy Spirit falls on them. Fills them all. It's Cornelius, his household, his relatives. He brought all kinds of people in. They all, they all, apparently they all receive the Holy Ghost. Boom, like that. Then they get baptized. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So just you just got to wait till tomorrow, and then you'll <laughs> see that there's not necessarily an order. Now, the if there is some kind of order, I would say that faith in who Jesus is is where you start the dance. Right. right. And turning to Him, <clears throat> uh, John the Baptist looked to the Pharisees. When they wanted to be a part of John's baptism, right. which is different than Jesus' baptism, but John's baptism. And he said, I'm going to quote, you'll appreciate it, I'm going to quote King James, Ark. Let's go. Show uh, <laughs> uh, fruits meet for repentance, right? Mm -hmm. Fruits worthy of repentance. Meaning you got to show me some turn right. before <clears throat> we do this. This isn't just for funsies. This is something, again, that is a sign of something already happening in you. That's right. Yes. Yeah. And that's where, I think that's why I get, it's been really interesting learning how to explore this with my, the, the people who've known me for a long time. <laughs> like, what is that? What do you mean you're going to church? <laughs> it's this kind of unspoken thing in my little circle of friends from where I grew up. But that's what um, I think is speaking most to me. So I'm having my own experience, countless experiences that confirm that this is real. But to me... Um, you know, I, I um, am a person in long-term recovery. I have been surrounded by people who are seeking in some way for the last 18 years. I'm a therapist. I sit with people in their darkness and their struggles and their questions. And, and their blindness. Yes, their blindness. Yes. And, but even, even in their blindness, like scraping at their eyes yeah. so that they can see, yeah. like people who are digging. Yeah, the skills. And... Yeah. And I feel like part of the gift of my having no context for this stuff is that I 
feel deeply the power of exactly what you just said, which is, so my mind says, well, what's the order? Because I'm trying to have a baptism of the Spirit, so I need to do step one, two, three, or yeah. you know, check, 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 whatever. When really it's a shift, a turning, a um, an opening. I don't know how, whatever, that's accessible. To me, what I hear in that is... Um, if you're willing to explore the name of Jesus, what he was all about, the way he lived his life, what the cross means, the resurrection, and that it's in the turning that something is available to happen to anyone who can be in that space. Yep. So, so often at Next Step where I work, people, um, even just a couple of weeks ago, somebody said, I need to get baptized right now. How do I get baptized? And I wanted to, I, I, don't, I didn't, I mean, again, I don't have the language yet. So I was like, I think you should probably talk to Andy about that because my first reaction was, yes, that is very important. And if you are turning right now and if you have a relationship with Jesus right now, you're, you can have an experience that is, that is, real. yes, mm-hmm. that healing is available for you right now now mm-hmm. and it was happening right then yes that's what's that's but what her but she was thinking if i don't <clears throat> i need water yeah it, the the space of the experience and the end of the experience the is can be so long mm-hmm. and all happen in such little time mm-hmm. and that's my experience my experience is my inkling that i'm experiencing something and what happens to me when it's up between then and when it's over seems like a long time. Like there's just a whole bunch of stuff that I've processed and seen and felt and, but on the clock, it doesn't necessarily mean that very much time went by. Right. And so now I've learned both <laughs> uh, confession that sometimes I don't want to give myself space for that to happen. Mm. That, I, uh, I don't have time for that right now, Jesus. I'll just be on. I mean, just that, you know, I still have time for that right now. And that, that has happened to me before. And I, well, it also, <clears throat> I don't want to interrupt your story, but to put in there that part of what I experience when people explain that their own version of that is not necessarily I don't have time, but what's left of me. If I really turn that much, mm-hmm. what do I, who do I have left? Who am I on the other side of this? Yeah. And I don't yeah. want to, yeah. And that is the, the fear of what would I have mm-hmm. is is so real mm-hmm. that I think people are willing to continue to do what they're what they do, mm-hmm. which is really just doing the best they can and surviving. Mm-hmm. That's all people yeah. are doing. Doing the same times. thing. And, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I want. I was gonna. I was gonna add in there uh, the way you guys are talking. I just want to go back to what what it says here in Acts nine is this this experience that we're talking about. And how he is blind, right? He is blinded and speechless. <laughs> and uh, I mean, right here, verse 7, it says, the, the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, didn't see anything. Saul got up from the ground. Uh, when he opened his eyes, he couldn't see anything. They led him, and for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. I think of um, the, the, ter- the internal turmoil, the internal struggle. Yep. And... The, the fact that he's praying, I think, I think later it says that, um, that Jesus is talking to Ananias and he's like, he's, he's right now, he's praying, like, and maybe even for the first time, truly praying, like, yep. um, 
And, and Jesus is answering. He and said, Jesus, and, he's seeing, and, and he's seeing a vision. Yeah, and he's seeing a vision of an Ananias, right? Yeah. Like, he's, he's un, it's almost like he's unlearning, un, like almost unraveling. deconstructing, right. unraveling. Yeah. And, and, so, and I pull over here to Galatians 1, um, and it says here that uh, in Galatians 1.11... Which is one of Paul's first books. Yeah, one of his first books. He says, For you you have heard my previous way of life in, Judea, in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church. I was advancing in Judaism to destroy or to destroy the church of God. Uh, I was advancing beyond my years, my own age. Many people were extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from my father's womb, called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal mm. his son to me, that can proclaim it. And then right before these says, I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel that I preach is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was taught. I received it by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it's like, yes, he, he was had that experience, but then he continued, right, for yeah. three more days to just understand, like, I this is not the way that I need to live. This is not the the path that I'm on, I have to actually have to leave this path of, in my mind, I, I, feel, I, I see Saul as this path of privilege <laughs> of people laying coats down. He is the godfather, right? Yeah. And now he's leaving to be stoned, <laughs> to be like all, all these things that yeah. happen that's a different way of life. Right. He goes and, into Damascus and it says at once. Yeah. Verse, yeah. verse 20. At once he begins to preach in the synagogue that Jesus is the Son of God at once. Yeah. What I think is amazing is, you know, if all of a sudden... My, I have this prayer. It's, it's probably my deepest prayer. Of all the, all the prayers I pray, it's the deepest one for me. And I have asked the Lord for years, please, here's what I don't want. I don't want to be 75 and look back and think, dear Lord, yeah. I missed it. Yeah. Mm. Like I was locked into something... Mm. And I missed it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not interested in that. Yeah. And that is a prayer in the Lord knows my heart, right? So it would almost be as if you're in that space and all the things you gave yourself to, full throttle, 100%. And the thing that is written in the scripture is the very sentence that literally knocks him off his ideological horse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am Jesus. That's all he had to hear. Because mm -hmm. Jesus was the problem. Jesus was what he was trying to suffocate yeah. and stamp out right mm -hmm. it's jesus the people of the way yeah and yeah, that's even, what he gets to sit on for three days yeah, he even, and think he about he didn't that. say why are you persecuting my people why are you persecuting me why are you persecuting me <laughs> right like that's 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 completely different and i think that's why at the end towards the end of paul's life he says all these things that i've attained all the education all my intellect all my intelligence my experience Nothing. He said, nothing, right? he said, dong. Yes. <laughs> They're lost, he, he, right? yeah. he counted them as nothing. And I think that when we, it's hard to be a person that's practical and approach the scripture practically when Jesus is saying, listen, I'm out here to save your life. I'm out here to change everything that you thought was one way. So I think that sometimes when we approach the word, with the formula and we try, you know, we read it. There's so much of it that has to be in faith and belief and your heart allowing Christ to work on your heart. Because Paul, as intelligent as he was, 
There was nothing he could bring to the table. Everything he brought to the table got him in trouble. <laughs> so what he he didn't omit anything. Mm-hmm. And so he had 99.9%. <laughs> and that point one that he was out to knock out was the very thing he needed. Yeah. So I feel that same way, Andy. I don't want to get to 75 uh, and find out that, man, I did it all wrong. And I think where we killed that is setting aside our own thoughts and our own ways and just letting Jesus speak to our spirit. Well, so I think what's important, I feel like it's important, a little pastoring here. Um, it feels like you're letting things go. It feels like you're letting things go. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're flushing the toilet and it's gone. The good stuff, the stuff you've given your life to, that's Pruning, not true. That's pruning. It's not true. Mm-hmm. You're not letting it go. It, it, it feels like you're letting it go. Mm. It feels like you're you're being inauthentic to God or inauthentic to yourself or inauthentic to the commands of the Lord. You're following God, right? Peter is following God on the rooftop. But it feels like if I eat this bacon, Mm -hmm. this is not good, except he's actually following. Mm -hmm. Jesus himself had to make this statement. I didn't come to dump the law. I came to fulfill it, right? So following the voice and the tug and the spirit and, and hearing him and letting him talk to us. I think for some folks, just belief, several things to believe, that Jesus can actually speak to yes. me, mm-hmm. speak to me, call my name, that who was who more off, Mary who, in whom there was seven devils, or this guy? Who was more off? Right, Mary was probably hurt, traumatized, abuse, and they took advantage. This guy is intentionally running the other way. Right, that stuff's hard to do. You can be literally hell bent would be the word. Right, you are just obstinate about it. Right, Mm -hmm. focused, adamant, and praised for it in a particular religious culture, Mm -hmm. glorified in a particular culture. When you're that person, Jesus can get you. And that's pretty cool. When we can be looking the wrong way, running the wrong way, in our own head, on our own horse, whatever the metaphor you want to... No big deal to him. He just like, think, <laughs> off the horse, tells you the word that's going to unravel everything, let you sit in it for a few days, bring someone to you that is perfect, because we were talking about this, and I like to preach it every single time I can. Ananias comes to him and says, Ananias is my favorite character in the Bible, right? Ananias and Mary. Because that courage. Well, courage, but here's the deal. Uh the the Lord is asking Ananias to go. And Talk before Ananias says yes, he said, Saul's already seen a vision of you. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Meaning I know you're coming. I know you're gonna go anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah. I want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I wanna be the one that Jesus has already shown people visions of me, you know, showing up. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, you wanna show up? Like he knows at the end of the day, and Ananias pushes back, goes, Isn't this the dude, right? We've heard about him. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's <laughs> well, two. Which is valid, which is valid. Absolutely. That's what I'm trying to put forward right now is how valid all of the struggle yeah. and tensions of this actually are. Yeah. And then to be the right person, whatever, we don't know anything about Ananias. He is a one hit wonder. Not another mention about him. <laughs> and he's, and I think that you, in, a, in one version I read that it said he's, he was an ordinary man or an ordinary disciple. Beautiful. Like he was not, he was not anything. He was beautiful. not beautiful. Peter. Beautiful. Beautiful. But I'll nothing. tell you what, okay, so just to take issue with that yeah. in, a, in context, he was extraordinary in this regard. 
he was the kind of person that would walk up to the thug, yeah, the mafioso, and his first word to him is brother. Brother. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In front of his boys, I think we forget Saul's guys had to bring him to. Yeah. yeah. He calls and him guys, brother yeah. Saul. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a big deal. So think yeah. of and to your point, all the angst and anxiety yeah. and tensions and. And, and I'm blinded, and I hear footsteps, and I'm thinking, yeah, this could be <laughs> the end of it all, right? Mm-hmm. The door opens. I don't know if I'm about to catch a club in the head or a sword in the chest. or, yeah. But what I get is hands on my head, and a man says, Brother Saul. In the nature of what he is carrying when he when Ananias walks up to him, yeah. he he can't see him, right? Yeah. Vulnerable, just like, just, just like Jesus does when he touches, touches somebody. When he touches a leper for no reason, mm-hmm. just like him, he, he doesn't he has no idea what Ananias' face looks like. Could mm-hmm. be terrified, but he's reaching out with this with this with this touch to understand. Like, listen, you're you're my brother. <laughs> in yeah. the in this instance, which is the way we carry God's love, right? That's the way we carry it. To I, be I, that yeah. kind—that's the kind of guy I want to be. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> the person I want to be. That walks up and first thing I say, and I know the whole story. People come in here, Christ went on a Sunday. I can know the whole story. I want to be walk, able to walk up and go, sister. Yeah, that's what that's that's what you, that you do do that before conversion. Mm-hmm. That you did that for me. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. That that mm-hmm. is the role that you have played in my life. That's the culture that I want this place to. Yeah. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Redemptive yeah. qualities in all of us. Yeah. Redeeming people like we were redeemed. Space, man. Yeah. So, space. space. Question for those who are listening, who are seeking some kind of experience, some kind of conversion, or struggling to have a sense that there's hands on them, or that they're a brother or a sister. What? I don't want to say advice. Feels too mindy, but what, what would you share with people who are in this, in that tension and that struggle of, okay, I get what you're saying about the mystery and God calling me by name and that somebody can lay their hands on me and call me, call me brother and, and, um, that the Lord will speak and show up and heal and convert, transform through an experience like that, for people who are seeking that but feel stuck, what mm-hmm. what would you offer them? Yeah, I don't think you control any of those things. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you get to a spot where now you're, it's not like dialing in a radio necessarily, where I'm in this particular spot and now Jesus speaks to me. Right. right. He speaks when he speaks. Yeah. And sometimes he doesn't. And sometimes he uses people and sometimes he doesn't. And sometimes it's a voice you know is loud but no one hears mm. almost this kind of thing you know they didn't see and the trust of that the the self-awareness of your own heart journey and and i think a lot of this conversation today my hope for a lot of this today is the openness of it mm-hmm. you can seek to be filled with the spirit and i actually think there is a spirit that happens at faith and then i think there's something else right. and i don't have a i don't have good language for it and i struggle with it a lot to try to like, I don't think I could do a PowerPoint on it. But there's, there's this other thing that occurs at different times. And uh, uh, Paul asked one group of people, he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? If it was automatic, that wouldn't be an appropriate question. Mm. Right? So you can believe and apparently not have something happen. So what I think it is is not about the rightness or wrongness of that. 
when we, when we lead with this and we say, Jesus is the way and everything else is a conversation, that's deep for us mm-hmm. and it's sacred for us. And it is pursuing him, right? Uh, the one that comes to God must believe that he is. This is Hebrews 11, I think. 11. Is that right? That's right. And is a rewarder, a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So I'm rewarded, but I'm seeking him. I'm not seeking all these other things. I'm seeking him. Yep. And when I seek him, the reward is him. Right. And then however that can manifest. Uh, I, I was taught that the, this baptism of the Holy Spirit was about salvation. Like you were in or out heaven, hell, that was the deal. I don't hold that anymore. I do. Uh, and even I, what I do believe is that it is for now. It is for courage and truth and boldness and comfort. And these things that God, and I feel it even as I say it, these things that, that come into our life and empower us and equip us and help us. And however the Lord answers those prayers. Listen, Saul had a dramatic deal here. This is a big deal. But you've got to read verse 15 and 16. Verse 15 and 16 is not lost, right? Two different things Ananias was told to tell him. Number one, you're going to talk to kings. So tell him that. And number two, you're going to show him how much he's going to suffer. Like those go hand in hand, right? You don't talk to kings without suffer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's just how it is. And also, I might add, maybe just my experience, you don't have a situation like this dramatic, I mean like movie material, right? This without a calling that matches it. Mm. Hmm. That's my personal experience. Like when you have a, a demonstrative major, the little joke that I say, when someone says, God spoke to me, I said, I'm glad I'm not you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I said, I'm and my I'm point not. is because you're going to need that word from God. Yeah. That word from God will match the calling of what he has for you. So when God becomes super real and super powerful in these situations, in the manifestation and the demonstration, it's going to match the suffering and the calling and the purpose. Mm. And so it's not a be careful what you ask for. Open yourself to the Lord. Trust yes, Him. He's our, yeah, He's our Father. And I know we all don't have great Father stuff, but He's our Father. And I, a long time ago, a longer story, another time, a man put his finger through my chest on the corner of a street in Baltimore, right outside of Johns Hopkins. He said, you don't trust your father. Yeah. I'm like, okay, man, I give. And that really was a moment where I'm like, okay, I give. The surrender to whatever you got for me. And that's what Paul took from that space. And frankly, Dell, you mentioned three days silent. Mm-hmm. Scripture intimates that Paul was here in Damascus and Barnabas, and that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then he goes away for three years in Arabia, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Digest what just well, no one knows what happened. Yeah. I don't know. Right? Wrote a book, I guess. Wrote some books. I don't know. I, what he did something. Yeah. But see, that's he did the... that after Damascus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, later yeah. on, he goes away for three years and is just like gone. Yeah. But that's the internalizing, yeah. right? That's the backside of the desert for Moses. Right. Right? These moments where anytime you're going to go up before Pharaoh... That's always going to be preceded by three years in Arabia or a backside of the desert. That's right. Always. And that's what I feel like um, what's coming up for me just listening to you is for those who are waiting 
and hoping and in the process of surrender of some kind or some situation that, um, you know, this invitation that you've put forth for us, Andy, the last few weeks of being expectant that, uh, that the answer will come and um, that it calls us by name and that it's on his time, not ours, and that if there is a waiting period or a period that feels silent, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, purpose. It's just it. not time yeah. yet. And that there should be a, that for me in my waiting, which I feel like is really what has been happening for me the last year or so, um, is a waiting. But when I shifted into an expectant waiting, uh, it felt different. Yeah. It's would, perceived different. Would, would, yeah. you, would you be willing to pray what you're feeling right there? Can I add one Our thing people? that I feel like... Pray for people? Yeah, over this. Uh, <laughs> right now here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After Jeremy, yeah. Yeah, so this was something the Lord shared with me the other day that, that was just connected with this about what did Paul do after he had this experience? He immediately began preaching and that as, as the Lord gives us things and we receive what's new... The out of our mouths proceeds the what's come, going on in our heart. That verbalizing of of what is going on that Paul did here or Saul at the time. I think it's there's something to that. Mm-hmm. That that expectant waiting. If we start verbalizing who Jesus is, what yes. He's done, yeah. not just thinking about it, yeah. but verbalizing yeah. it, then that like is the washing of our heart, and that's part yeah, of what is renewing great, our great, heart great. and our so mind. The open-handedness so it, of it. It says, you've given me this, and I'm giving it out, and I'm letting that, and now it's washing through me, not just a deadheaded pump, a, yeah. a, a pipe that doesn't have anywhere to go, but now it can start to flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's an important, I mean, that's something I just heard yesterday. from You guys just incentivized my job on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Act one, open hearts. Create atmosphere where people can sing and pray. Yeah. Sing and pray and pour out the heart. Yeah. Awesome. How about praying over us? You got a spirit for that. Okay. Yeah, please do. Okay. Two guesses. We'll close out with that. <laughs> All right, here we go. Father God, we are so grateful to be in your presence right now in this space, whether we are driving in our car, sitting around a table together. Um, wherever we may be, we know that you're here with us, and we are humbly coming before you to ask for your hands to be on us. Let us feel your hands on us. Let us let uh, know when our hands are to move to other people. Um, for those of us who are, are searching for something, asking the questions, waiting, wondering, we ask that you help us to be expectant of your power and your love, to be reminded that you are father and mother. You are all of it. You are the answer and the question. <laughs> and that we be comforted and hopeful in whatever we might be feeling right now, whether it's actually joy or maybe we're grieving and we're suffering, and that still you are the answer and the way. Let us remember. Amen. It is Amen. so good to be in the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We used to joke around, well, get out of the way. No, no, no. No. They called it the we're way. The way. We're in the way. Thanks the for joining way. us today. Yeah. A lot yeah, of fun. Thanks for coming, Tina. Yeah. Shout out to Wonderful. Tina. See you next week. <laughs> All right.
Hey, and everybody else, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, we hope that this extra time together has been meaningful for you, and uh, we pray that the words of that prayer hit the mark and that uh, you allow the Lord to, to fill that space for which you are hungry. Know that we love you. Until next time, take care. <laughs>